As a working mom, I was spinning on my heels trying to be everything to everyone without realizing overwhelm had its firm grip over me. And it's no wonder since we juggle many identities and responsibilities and tendencies to shy away from our awesomeness. Does this sound like you? I believe one of the keys to successful living is activating our personal power. The question is, how do we do this? Join me each week as I uncover actionable tips from experts and intentionally aligned working mums who, like you and me, are on a journey to boost their personal power. My name's Roxana. Welcome to the Personal Power Boost Podcast. My guest on today's podcast is Ushi Ladd. Ushi is a personal trainer helping women achieve their fitness and fat loss goals. Ushi is here today to share how she overcame bulimia and turned her experience into her mission to help others. Welcome, Ushi. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for making the time to be here today. You're more than welcome. So, Ashi, before we go into the eating disorder and what you're doing today, it would be really useful to get a little bit of a backstory from you in terms of what led to eating disorder. Okay, no worries. So, um, I guess it kind of goes, see, where I feel like it starts is at university, but I feel maybe it started before that. Um, I've always been a pretty big girl, um, even growing up, like as a child at 10 years old, I probably looked like I was pregnant. Um, That's how bad it was. Um, You know, I was being fed all this food. And then on the other hand, I was being told I was fat, um, needed to lose weight. And, you know, I had my mum would make me run around the garden 20 times before she'd give me roti and stuff like that. So, but I don't think it really triggered until I was at university and I kind of fell into this depressive state at university where I turned to food quite a lot. So I think before bulimia, I actually had um, another disordered eating pattern, which was basically just kind of emotional eating. Um, So it's not an eating disorder, it's more disordered eating. So I would eat my emotions and I just got bigger and bigger. So I went from like a size 12 to about a size 24. And by the mid of my university career so about two years into uni I weighed about 107 kilos now in that year I went to America um, for Camp America and you know I don't know if you know anything about American food but there's a lot of like burgers and fries and pizzas and all this kind of junk and this is what the girls were fed every day and we were fed as well but somehow miraculously because of all the movement I was doing I lost 16 pounds in three months which was amazing So I came home and um, this was at the end of uh, summer camp in America. I came home and joined Weight Watchers, started doing their kind of point system as they did back in the day. I think it's changed now a little bit. Um, I think it's a bit more lifestyle based rather than working on points now. But back in the day, it was kind of a points based system. I was 22 years old. Um, And I remember um, I remember every week you had to stand on the scales and the lady in front of you would be like, oh, better luck next time. Or, oh, well done, you know, that kind of thing. And that was the only reaction you would get to 
kind of how you've done that week, not based around like what your mindset was like, you know, what you'd achieved, how much movement you'd done. It was basically, oh, you've lost a pound. Oh, shame on you. You put on two, you know, that kind of a thing. Are you following, right? I totally, yeah. Yeah. And I became completely obsessed with the scales. Um, I probably did Weight Watchers for about two and a half months and I became obsessed. And instead of just standing on the scales, once a week I started standing on them daily and then instead of standing on them daily I was standing on them after every single meal that I had and then to kind of fast forward a little bit what ended up happening is um because I could see you know all I wanted to see was the the weight on the scales come down week on week day on day and so I started and what what started is just kind of oh, I'm just going to miss breakfast but I couldn't go without breakfast. So I would eat it. And then within the next 10 minutes, it would be out of my system because I would make myself vomit um, because I didn't want the weight to come on. And what that did, and I don't know if you've had bulimia or anyone else, is that tricked my mind into thinking I'd eaten. So I never actually felt hungry. Um, so I would trick my mind by eating it and throwing it back up obviously that's not good for my esophagus or my breath or anything like that it started off with kind of breakfast and then it started happening at work as well and then on the odd occasion it would happen in the evenings as well now I was a binge eater and I think most bulimics have this habit of either secret eating or binge eating because they actually love food and that's me I loved food don't get me wrong mm -hmm. I would spend money going out for pizza or burgers or this that and the other to eat it to taste it to feel it only to come home to then throw it up so I wasted a hell of a lot of money as well <laughs> and that's something I, I guess this whole bulimia cycle started because of the scales and it lasted for about 10 months. And in 10 months, I went from someone who was about at this point, 98 kilos to somebody who was about 58 kilos. So I lost about 40 kilos throwing up in 10 months. Um, oh, it's, you know, what's blowing my mind, Ashi, is that you went and sought help from Weight Watchers to help you bring your weight to where you wanted it to be. And you yeah. ended up with an even worse yeah. relationship with food and eating. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. This is why I don't advocate any slimming clubs at all. Because their goal is, as they say on the tin, slimming world, weight watchers. They're talking about slimming, they're talking about weight, they're not talking about mindset, health, you know, kind of living stronger for longer and fitness. They're talking about slimming and weight. That's it. Mm, at any cost. Yeah, at any cost, it turns out. So tell me, so I have never been bulimic and I don't know a lot about bulimia as an as a eating disorder, mm -hmm. um, but I, I've got a few questions that I'd love to have some insight from you around. Yeah. And my first one is, would you say that bulimia is an eating disorder or more of a mental health condition or a combination of both? I think it's definitely a combination of both. I, I think it starts more of a mental health thing. I was obviously weak in a certain way to have somebody week on week tell me yes you've done great or no you haven't and that trigger something in my mind right so something triggered in my mind and my only way because of the person I am and because I love food so much was to binge and purge right 
Mm. Um, so I do think it starts off as a mental thing, which then turns into an eating disorder. I didn't think I had an eating disorder. I just thought I was skipping a meal, technically. <laughs> Intermittent fasting, you could call it, in the wrong kind of way, right? Mm. Um, I didn't know I had an eating disorder until I was taken into hospital. Wow. So you, you ended up in hospital with your bulimia? Yes. Um, and it was only for um, the fact that one lunchtime, I, my, my stomach used to like eat itself pretty much. I was starving. Uh, my skin, you know, my skin was gone just to, sh just to give you some, yeah, we can go into that in a minute, but um, you know, I was starving and I went to the cafeteria and I decided that I was going to eat a bowl of mushrooms. These mushrooms had been kept out under the light for probably way too long. Mm. Um, I ate the mushrooms and by the end of that evening, I was violently throwing up my, um, like it wasn't out of choice. It was because my body had reacted to whatever the, the state the mushrooms were in, obviously they're fungi, right? Mm. Um, and I was getting like, my body heat was going up and down. I had a fever, I was throwing up. So I just thought, oh, I've got diarrhea. And I tried to stop the diarrhea with, I think, is, is it Imodium that stops diarrhea? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, but what I did was the wrong thing. I then trapped this bug in my system. And the evening, I remember being curled over in the fetal position on the, on the bathroom floor, not being able to move because I trapped this bug in my system. And the next thing I know, the ambulance are at the door and I'm being taken to hospital they've got drips in me they're going when was the last time you've eaten one you know why you know my hair was falling out my nails were brittle my skin looked awful without makeup on um and yeah i was in hospital and i was getting cramps in my legs uh like i've never if you've ever experienced a cramp in your toe that's one thing but to experience a cramp in your calf Oh my God. It's like the world is over. <laughs> it's awful. Um, but yeah, they basically fed me and dripped me with loads of liquids. Um, the funny thing was, Roxana, I was the next day meant to be flying out to America for a three week holiday that I'd like booked in. They weren't going to let me go, but I made them. And it was the worst holiday of my life in the sense of anything I ate came back out the other end. Mm. So Ushi, who found you on the floor and called the ambulance? My dad. Wow. Was it, what, what, what did he think was going on? My dad always thinks if I'm ill, I've got men meningitis. Okay. <laughs> so he, he'll jump to like, oh, meningitis, right? Um, I don't know why. I miss firstborn. I don't know. Maybe he just feels very protective of me. Um, and so he just thought I was, well, one, he thought he, he knew I had food poisoning. So he thought it was that. Um, but then because of the way I was, he thought maybe I had gallstones. Mm. um and so his only reaction was to call the doctor were your parents aware at all that you were a bulimic um no one was aware I was I was I was given accolades for losing weight so quickly oh. my neighbors were like oh my god you look amazing I started getting boys asking me out that once upon a time had ignored me you know what I mean mm. um it was like Everything that I was doing wrong was applauded because of how I looked with makeup on. And I used to hide my nails with nail varnish, um, makeup hid my skin, my hair, unfortunately, I couldn't hide. It was falling out. And still to this day, I'm trying to make it grow back. Um, 
Yeah, no one knew. I remember the one time I went out with my cousins who had flown in um, on holiday here in the UK and we went out for pizza and um obviously you can tell i love pizza um <laughs> we went out for pizza and i came home and I, the first thing i did was throw, throw it up and she went into the bathroom after me she came out she goes it smells like sick in there and but nobody took it nobody took any notice of it do you think that's because there just wasn't the awareness that there's a possibility you could be bulimic or what what do you think what i used to do um is i would eat dinner i would go upstairs to the bathroom I would throw up, I would come down, I'd have a glass of water and then some chocolate. So yeah, there was no awareness. Wow. So you were really good at being deceptive. Oh, very good. And covering your tracks. 100%. And so when your family did find out that you were bulimic, that you had an eating disorder, were they shocked? I guess they didn't really understand it. They just thought she looked good. You know, you've got to remember my parents are quite old. Um, my, my sisters were quite shocked um my parents were just like we don't understand what you mean you've got eating disorder we see you eat all the time you know um yeah the other thing was I got a little bit too obsessed with the gym but they thought that was me being healthy yeah yeah so they they didn't they couldn't see that things were out of balance with you that you were eating that you were going to the gym Mm. that you were trimming down and they could see that you were look in their opinion that you were looking how you wanted to look so what's there to worry about Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So when you were bulimic and when you were going through that hole, what was your what was your thought about yourself? Like how did you feel about you every time you were kind of being bulimic? Did you feel like you were winning some kind of, you know, I'm I'm it's about control. Yeah. Yeah, it's about it was about controlling something in my life. Um so you know, it was about being able to control my weight, even though it was the wrong way of controlling my weight. It was controlling my mind, it was controlling my hunger, it was controlling um, kind of how other people saw me as well. Like, I liked people thinking I looked good, right? And the way I could control that was to control the way I ate and purged. And so it was just about control over something I never in my life had control over. And it was like, oh my God, wow, this is how we do it. So at what point did you think, I need to turn this around? How many years were you bulimic for before you made that decision? I don't think bulimia ever goes away. Um, It's once it starts, you've triggered something in your life, unfortunately. And I think most people with eating disorders will tell you that you can just control it it never goes away so there are certain things which have triggered me over the last four years i would say um one particular thing in re you know one particular thing um i'd come i'd been made redundant and i'd gone away to thailand and i came back not feeling great about myself my sister who's younger than me was married by then she'd had a child or she was pregnant she told me she was pregnant like two days after I got back from Thailand um and that triggered anxious behavior in myself and I started using bulimia as a form of control again about me because I felt ugly I felt fat I felt like nobody loves me um yeah so I don't think it ever goes away but I think you can definitely control it but since then like I haven't had 
any bouts or re, re, reper, or repercussions or anything like that from it. Um, but it, yeah, I don't think it ever goes away. It's always there. You forget about it, but you have to control it. Yeah, you have to be mindful that you can get triggered by absolutely any number of things mm. that might be going on. So are you, you obviously now become a PT. You've been doing that for quite some time. Yes. Um, I would love to know what, what led you to becoming a PT? How have you been able to turn your own life around yeah. using okay. fitness and, and health? I'll tell you the first thing, which might, you might find really amusing. But when I was 25, um, I knew that I was going to be a personal trainer at some point in my life. I don't know where it came from. I was, you know, a size probably 18, uh, probably weighing in about 100 kilos or something like that. I knew I'd be a personal trainer someday. I always have this in the back of my mind. I don't know why. The moment I kind of decided, I kind of started looking after myself was in about 2014. I found a gym. I found a coach. He um, really helped me with my mindset. He changed the way that I trained because I used to train, you know, a lot of women will probably still do this and you know you're a bit of a cardio bunny you go to the gym you jump on the treadmill you do 30 minutes you jump on the cross training you do 30 minutes jump on the rower you do 10 minutes and you're done but he changed the way I trained I started using weight weights and not just like hand weights or girly weights that are pink I started lifting you know 50 60 70 80 kilo deadlifts and it was amazing um and that and it's I don't how do you lift weights well, you know, I'm just sitting here smiling because today I managed to do a 50 kilo deadlift. Nice. And 10, 10 reps. And I was like, oh my God, I'm on fire. Like exactly. I can do anything now. <laughs> exactly. So that is exactly what I'm going to say. When you lift weights, your mindset changes completely. Mm. You feel so strong. You feel so invincible. You have to actually be in the right mindset to lift those weights to begin with, because if you are not, you're going to hurt yourself, right? So when I started lifting weight and pulling and pushing and doing things that I never thought I could do, um, it completely changed the way I looked at my body. I started appreciating my body, even though at that point I was a size 16. I started going, oh my God, you can actually do this. Like you can change your life. I started eating better. He put me on a diet plan. I started eating better. And then slowly the weight started coming off and I could see my shape changing. And it was him who said to me, you know, when you started, you said that you wanted to be a PT. And every time we work out, you're always asking me about it. Why don't you just do a diploma? Why don't you just get the education, Ush? And I was like, oh my God, it's 3,000 pounds to do a diploma. It's going to take me over a year because I want to do it properly. Um, And it took me about three months just to actually get the guts to sign up because I thought I would be judged by the the schools, the PT schools, thinking, what is this fat girl I want to do be, be a PT for? Yeah. Um, but I did it and I did it under the guise of education. Um, and then that education just helped me change my mindset about kind of healthy living, um, why 
I want to be strong and not just weak and, and slim. You know, there's this, there's this term people use called skinny fat. And, you know, there are people out there who are absolutely beautiful bodies, but they don't have a single ounce of muscle on them. Right. So really they're not, they're not, they're not fit. And I didn't want to be like that. And I wanted to be fit. I wanted to be strong. I wanted people to look at me and go, wow, she changed her life around. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I remember getting my personal training diploma and I actually passed like level two, level three. And then within a month, I had my first paying client in um, Walpole Park in Ealing. And I used to take like the boxing gloves down, a couple of weights down and carrying it on my back. And yeah, it was amazing. It was surreal to actually get paid to do something that I actually ended up loving so much. Oh, wow. What an incredible journey you've been on. It's amazing that you were so inspired by your PT. You had some kind of an epiphany, didn't you, when you were younger and you just knew you were going to be a PT. Yeah. And I, I think that there's, um, I, I feel like there's a lot of wisdom that's kind of within us that we need to tap into. And you were obviously starting to access that from a younger age and knowing that being a PT was your destiny. And I, I have to say, Ushi, I have been following you. I said this to you a few weeks ago. I've been kind of stalking you a little bit on, <laughs> on social media. Yeah. And one of the things that really comes through for me is your passion for what you do um, is so evident. Like you're really in it for the long term. And there's, mm. it's not, you, you don't advocate quick fixes or just to do something for a few weeks or a few months you're kind of like this is for life like this is yeah. how you need to be and I think that's where I have a real synergy with you because I say the same thing with my coaching that I do with my clients mm. you know everything that we're doing is to set you up yeah not, not necessarily to give you fast results because once okay. you once you set up the foundation it's from there that people experience the transformations the changes that they want over a long period of time yeah absolutely and that's that's you know I'm always when I when I go through any program with my clients whether it's one-to-one -one or group coaching I'm always educating I want them to have the best foundations to build upon so that when they leave me when they decide that okay I'm ready to go out on their own you know they're ready to go out on their own they've got the best setup and nothing's going to sway them. No advert for a slim pill or anything like that is going to say, sway them from their life because they know that if they do it the right way, yes, it might be a little bit slower, but it's going to stay off for life because it is part of life. They don't have to lose anything. They don't have to lose their social life at all. You know, a lot of people fear that going on a training plan means you won't be able to see your friends you'll be stuck eating like you know boxed food like pre-prepped food like chicken broccoli and sweet potato all the time it's not the case you don't it doesn't have to be like that it can be normal but you can lose weight by just making a few foundational changes and a few little you know little bits of kitchen knowledge and fitness knowledge absolutely and, and uh, do you advocate more resistance type training with your clients or a mixture of cardio and resistance um so definitely more resistance based because obviously as we as women get older we do lose muscle mass quite quickly um and that leads to things like bone density issues and not being able to be so mobile back issues especially if you after you've had a child all that kind of stuff so for me the weight training isn't just about 
looking good in the sense of toning and i put toning in quotation marks i'm just going to tell you quickly that toning is simply losing fat and gaining muscle right mm. um so it's not just about that what it's about is actually building bone density and building muscle mass so that you can actually keep mobile as you get older and as we go through menopause people you know women lose muscle mass so you know we need to keep building like you're going to build the most muscle up until about 40 i'm going to be 40 in november i've just got to keep going if i stop i'm going to lose that muscle i'm going to end up with weak prone uh, brittle bone or something like that i don't want that i want to be mobile for life and so i advocate definitely lifting weights start off light absolutely but you know you do want to get heavier as you get you know stronger because otherwise you're just playing but the cardio element is important as well because cardio is definitely amazing for heart health so whether you know like me you're not a runner you just enjoy going for a walk or a cycle or if you want to go for a jog a couple of times a week do it but the kind of cardio element is also very good for the mindset as well so it's a little bit of both but mainly resistance and do you find that women clients in particular that you work with are um open to resistance training or do some of them you know are there like um messages that they've already had that weights aren't for women oh, gotcha. like, you have to do a lot of mindset shifting for people absolutely i have a lot of women go i'm really scared i don't want to get bulky i don't want to look like a man i'm like it's not gonna it's just physically impossible for you to get bulky and look like a man um you know unless you're one taking steroids eating way too much protein and lifting like 150 200 kilo deadlifts it's just it's not virtually impossible right <laughs> virtually impossible if you think about it i've been training properly since 2014 right with my coach mm. now um he calls me a yo-yo client because I go back and forth <laughs> I go I'm training with him I come off I go back to him he calls me his yo-yo client um I do not look like a man <laughs> you know it's just not it's impossible it's just not going to happen and so I have to work on women's mindset when they think like that and the funny thing is my pro I don't like I'm doing a at-home program at the moment because of the whole pandemic situation but um I started off doing way more cardio because that's what I thought women wanted. And as I started introducing the weights, what's happened is I've created a tribe of women who love lifting weights now. It's amazing, honestly. <laughs> and we've gone from doing like, you know, kind of full body days to kind of split, split training now from home. It's amazing. It's just like, I've got a tribe of weightlifters. And I love it. Amazing. Oh my God, that's so cool. I love weightlifting. Mm. I've a bit like you yo-yo with weightlifting so I have like a I'm kind of six months on six months off for some reason <laughs> that's that's been the pattern which I'm hoping to change now forever uh, because I am past 40 unfortunately so <laughs> I have to make sure that I stay strong and mobile for as long as possible yeah um but yeah it's, it's been amazing I think that you're um it's been amazing talking to you your story and your experience with bulimia is is so inspiring because you you live with it and as you say it hasn't gone away it's still part of mm. it's, it's still there like a residual kind of underlying um uh dormant if you like yeah. but then it can get triggered so you have to always be ready to jump on it when it gets mm. triggered to know okay what do i need to tell myself to talk myself out of doing and being bulimic yeah mine's very emotional led so 
say something triggers an emotion in me and normally it's kind of that sadness kind of maybe even borderline depression um say something triggers that what will happen is i will go into eating mode so some people don't eat when they get like that i will literally start binging because i feel empty does that make sense i feel physically empty so i start eating and what will happen then is i will realize what i've done or a flick is switched and I will simply go and throw it up. Mm. So now I have to really control my emotions. And do you find that having boundaries and healthy boundaries in your life helps with that? Is there anything that you've discovered that supports you to stay in a healthy mindset? I guess the fact that I'm a coach really helps because now I'm coaching other people through certain things like that. So I know that I cannot I cannot feign that I'm healthy if I'm doing something like that. You can't fake it, right? So you have to do, you know, you have to kind of act the way you say to everyone, you need to act, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so being a coach actually helps me in that way as well. It keeps me healthy. It keeps me working out. It keeps me training my own mind, researching all that kind of stuff. And that definitely helps. Um, yes, with regards to boundaries, I try not to um, get let myself get so emotional about certain things. Uh, for me, it's, you know, a lot of my emotion came from that lack of self-love and lack of feeling loved from somebody else. It's good to have that awareness, isn't it? And then you know what you're triggered by, mm-hmm. so that you can manage manage yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a brilliant conversation. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to my conversation with personal trainer Ushi Ladd. Ushi has shared quite a lot of herself today and um, one of the main things being her continuous experience of living with an eating disorder. And for her, it's bulimia. And I was doing some research around this and one of the organisations that I want to mention here is called Beat Eating Disorders. It's a UK organisation and just from going on their website briefly, I found so many helpful, supportive resources. One of the things that captured my attention was a statistic They believe that 1.25 million people in the UK have an eating disorder. Now, if you are unaffected right now, if you're somebody who believes that you don't have an eating disorder or you believe that nobody in your family or friends has an eating disorder, then all I'm going to suggest that you do is go on their website have a look at some of the resources and just familiarise yourself with some of the behaviours that may be ones that you want to look out for. Um, It's just good to have that information because one of the things that she said that really struck me was this idea that her family didn't know that she had an eating disorder and she was so good at being deceptive. So It could be, I'm not saying it is, and I don't want to scare you, but there could be somebody in your circle who is being deceptive and maybe by educating yourselves a little bit more on some of the behaviours to look out for, you might be able to keep an eye on them, keep an eye on them, help them if, if you feel able to. Now, one of the 
key takeaways that I took from the conversation with Ushi was for those people who do have an eating disorder is that one of the things that she said was that she has to remain vigilant. She has to be mindful all the time of what's going on for her emotionally. So what I would like to suggest is if you feel you have an eating disorder or you feel somebody close to you who you can have this conversation with has an eating disorder, it's a really good idea to start journaling your day, journaling some of the thoughts and the feelings that you're having, journaling some of the actions, some of the behaviours, because there will be clues in those passages that help you identify what your triggers are. And your triggers are a really big clue into finding out what's actually driving your eating disorder. And this is really vital information for your recovery. You know, it can really help you create support so that or healthy boundaries or whatever it is that you need to be able to manage and regulate your emotions so that's all for today that brings us to the end and I hope you enjoyed the conversation I hope it was insightful and until next time take good care thank you for tuning in I wanted to let you know I am running a free five-day soul camp it's called change your story to change your life If your motivation or willpower have been inconsistent or even absent, then I'm here to tell you it's not your fault and we can do something about it. The reality is that unexpressed painful emotions is what keeps us blocked and prevents us from creating momentum and progress in our life. So from today, you can stop thinking you're broken and join the free five-day soul camp where I'll show you how to release your pain and energize solutions into your life. You can register by going to coachroxana.com forward slash soul camp. I'm Roxana Hussein and you've been listening to the Personal Power Boost Podcast. I don't like to ask anything of my listeners, but I've been told this really helps get the message out. Please go to the Apple Podcast app to rate and review this episode. If you're feeling generous, download three episodes as this helps the podcast reach more people so we can be of service to a growing community. Do join me next time for another personal power boost. Thank you for listening.